Welcome to My Orgasmic Life Podcast, a show that where we talk about sex, love, relationships, and kink. And of course, my favorite part, I share with you my very graphic, very juicy, and always entertaining orgasmic life. I'm Gaia Morissette, your hostess, and your holistic sexual wellness specialist, your trauma healer, your BDSM expert, and of course, your pro dominatrix. Mm. <laughs> the show was inspired to inspire you to support your orgasmic living. Remember, always check the content warning before you listen and make sure you're listening where no one else can hear it because you never, ever know what I'm going to say because I always come with an explicit graphic content warning. <laughs> now, strap in and enjoy the show. Okay, welcome my fantastic, fabulous audience who I just love and adore to pieces. So, ah, so right now, while I'm recording, I have one of my little subbies, uh, my little service subbies doing some beautiful chores for me. Um, and I was inspired to talk about our topic today, which is, um, here's the title. If you find if you find that you laugh at bloopers or slapstick or you know uh, people falling down and you find that entertaining, you might be a sadist. <laughs> and so, I want to have a conversation about that uh, with you today. So again, as always, make sure you check the content warning. Um, so, you know, my little subby downstairs, who's like you know my little one of my little service subbies, who just feel so happy and so content in servicing me. And I, you know, he happens to be caged right now in a chastity cage. And I have his, I have his key around my neck at the moment. Um, if you happen to be watching, you're like, what's the, what's with the ugly jewelry? <laughs> it's not, it's beautiful. It's somebody's key. Okay. All right, so before we get into today's topic, I just want to talk about um, the fact that, you know, why I was inspired. I was inspired to have this conversation because there's a huge difference between being an ethical sadist um, and, and, in, and again, being ethical and consent versus not consent. So let's talk about the non-consent part and and how much of society actually probably are sadists, but don't allow themselves to really admit it. So it's really actually quite what inspired this is that I don't as much of a sexual sadist and I am like a real sexual sadist. Um, I don't actually laugh at um, people's discomfort unless it's I've been consensually given permission to do so. <laughs> just it's probably I was probably created from my childhood to make sure that I didn't end up turning into a serial killer <laughs> it's probably a good reason why that you know happened so I've never gotten and it's it's always been really interesting because you know growing up 
you know, you would see somebody, you know, trip and fall and people's first reactions was to laugh and then check if somebody was okay. And I didn't feel that. I actually was like, are you okay? There was no humor in it for me. And, um, and if you know me and how much of a sadist I am, you're like, what? You didn't laugh at people being hurt? No, I didn't. And, you know, I never thought Americans' uh, funniest home videos were funny or entertaining. I just was like, man, some people are like really potentially injured or hurt or, you know, made some really bad life choices. I didn't find the humor in it. And I didn't find the humor in it, again, because of this consensual piece that I didn't realize till, you know, later on in life when I embraced my sexual sadist side and found out that I actually very much find it entertaining when people are injured, but only if they're injured uh, because I, they have given me consent to be the one that pushes them down. <laughs> and if you're like, what? I'm like, okay, so, so stay with me, stay with me. So when, so, so as a society in North America, anyways, we allow ourselves to find joy and pleasure and laughter in other people's hurt discomfort, physical bodily hurt, embarrassment, humiliation. We actually allow ourselves permission as a society to laugh and then check in or just laugh and not even check in. And so what that tells me <laughs> on a bigger scale is that we all have a sadist side to us in some capacity. Now, because society has told you it's okay to laugh at someone else's uh, hurt, discomfort, embarrassment, and humiliation, we give ourselves permission to do that. But when I talk about, for example, um, you know, I'm the one that pushes somebody down and I find joy in it, um, you know, as a society, we were like, oh, that's not okay. You know, there's something wrong with you. Um, you know, all the, the things around, you know, we look we look down as a society on, you know, sexual sadists. We look down on, you know, uh, masochists, the one that wants to be pushed down and laughed at as they fall on their face or thrown a pie in their face or whatever form of humiliation. They've negotiated with their, you know, their dom or their dominance around them. And when we see that, we think, oh, those are weirdos. Those are freaks. But wait. Let's take, let's take a moment to look at this from a different perspective. Everybody's talked about it. Everybody's negotiated it. Everybody's consensual about it. No one is actually doing any harm because no one is like not okay with it. The masochist that wants to be pushed down or a pie thrown on their face or to be laughed at or to point and laugh at or to be humiliated is aroused and turned on by this experience so it's not actually traumatizing versus the guy who's walking down the street on his phone and he walks into a pole. That guy, not only, you know, was he not making a good life choice that he hit the pole, but then the people that saw him laughed at him. He may be injured. No one's asked. People have laughed at him. They may even talked about how they saw this guy hit the pole and then they start talking about it and laughing about it. And as a society, we say that's okay. But is it? This is my question to you. Is it really? Is that better? Is that really okay versus the, the consensual 
conversations and negotiation that creates no trauma that may create a whole bunch of psychological damage for that poor dude like he was made fun of he was laughed at he now feels bad and humiliated and that humiliation may create shame and and not feeling good about himself it might affect his confidence he may have like some serious long-term uh psychological traumatic damage to him but a whole bunch of people laughed at him because he ran into a pole. And as a society, we say that's okay. But as a society, we also say that the weirdos that are hanging out in the dungeon and the people who are, you know, the masochists who want to be made fun of and want to be pushed down and want to have all those things, that they're a weirdo and they're a freak. And, and the, the, the sadists who enjoy doing it and find so much delight and glee are like, weirdos and maybe predatory and maybe a sociopath and maybe like we have all these ideas but as a society we are really okay with people getting hurt and us finding it entertaining there's a big piece of our entertaining factor of our love our 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 humor as a society that we say that that's okay so I just was having this thought this morning as I got ran, like as I, as I was getting excited about seeing my subby. I haven't seen him in a while. And I was planning all of the debauchery that we're going to get into after I'm done recording. And I'm very excited about all the things that I'm planning on doing here. And he is a true, he's a true masculine through and through. And he's also a true subby, uh, service subby. So anything that it entertains me, he's all in for. It's like the more entertaining it is for me, the more he is already turned on by it. So as an example, this morning, first thing he does is we do, you know, we, we always start off, we often start off our sessions with a little bit of stripping, him stripping. <laughs> and he brings me a little gift. And I rip that money gift off of him and I love it. it. It makes me laugh and it's funny. And he gives like, and I'm like, I'm entertained by it and I'm laughing and, and, you know, I'm like, you know, I got my little riding crop and I'm hitting him and I'm laughing and he's doing, you know, each time he comes up with some new moves to, you know, try to make me blush, <laughs> which you can imagine is really hard to do. <laughs> and you know, we start off the session and I have a great time. He's so happy that I'm so happy. And, you know, and part of that can be seen as humiliating because I'm laughing at him, but I'm having a good time. He's having a good time. And that works within our dynamic. Um, it's actually funny. I, I want to actually digress and tell you a story. So different types of uh, kinksters have different levels of what they feel is acceptable humiliation, not humiliation. There's different levels of, of humiliation and the degrees of it within the kink world that um, has, you know, sexual gratification. And so my form of humiliation that I do with my particular clients, I'm not, I'm not big on like verbal uh, verbal humiliation of you know deg degradation and the thing is is that if there if the client if a subby really likes to be degraded there's nothing wrong with it so I really want to clarify that right but that doesn't bring me joy it's not it, it's just not my jam okay it's not my thing 
But my thing is like, there's two kinds of humiliation that I really enjoy. One is I love to laugh. Um, you know, I'm a evil sadist, consensual, ethical evil sadist. Um, and the way that I express that, that sexual gratification within myself is with laughter. Um, I've been known to even have laugh gasms because I'm having such a good time. It makes me, and I'm, when I'm orgasmic, I can laugh, right? So laughter is a big part of my expression of my sexuality, as well as, um, you know, my sexual sadist side. So for me, things like having, you know, somebody strip for me and me laughing, um, me setting them up so that, you know, it's a mind fuck that no matter what they do, they can't get right. <laughs> and then I'm like, fail. <laughs> and I laugh. They're like, oh, <laughs> they try harder. Right. And again, depends on the subby, whether I would play that game with certain subbies would be devastated. So I wouldn't play that game with them. But the, the subbies that like that game, again, see the consent in that piece and see the, the beautiful um, joy that both parties have to receive. And this is a piece that, you know, you may not understand if you're not kinky, that both parties, in order for it to be consensual and ethical and um, lovely, everybody who's participating are getting their needs met so as the masochist their ability to find joy in uh pleasing or being humiliated or whatever layer it is for them is just as important as the dom's joy of doing the thing so if me as a, a, a sexual sadist if my subby didn't truly enjoy me pointing and making fun of them I wouldn't I wouldn't be turned on by it because again I'm going to go back to I'm going to circle back to the original conversation is that my programming internally was that unless it was consensual I didn't find it entertaining or funny and I suspect if I were to look back on why my brain created that mechanism is so that I didn't end up being a sociopath serial killer <laughs> you look at me like no way you can be a serial killer right you're right i can't be you know why because i made sure that i only get consent from the people that i torture it's consensual torture <laughs> so that that doesn't go sideways and bad and end up in you know police police room <laughs> in a police station okay so Therefore, I didn't actually lean in, to be honest. I was actually quite scared of my sadist side for a long time. She was very dormant. I kept her very quiet. Um, I was very, worked really hard to be a really nice and good person all the time and not find joy in other people's discomfort um, unless it was consensual. And even when it was consensual, I couldn't lean into it. It took me like, I would say it took me 10 years from realizing I really liked uh, hitting people to consensually, of course, um, till when um, I allowed myself to drop fully into it. And of course, the last 10 years I've dropped fully in it and I love it. It's the best part of my job. <laughs> Outside, of course, of sharing and creating my podcast for you. <laughs> All right, so 
Um, but without creating that mechanism is a good thing, right? So that I only actually gain sexual gratification and glee and delight and joy if it's consensual, meaning that the subby who is experiencing it is also gaining some kind of sexual gratification. There's a contentment, there's a, it serves them. They, they're consent, they've given me consent in it. So that, that way, it's a beautiful marriage in a way, right? Without the actual marriage part, but it's a beautiful companionship or relationship dynamic, whatever you want to call it, that I get my needs met, they get their needs met. So as I was creating this morning, as I was coming up with all the things, so I already started off with, all right, we did a little bit of humiliation, I did some laughter, you know, I turned him on, and then I made him put him on his, his cock cage, while well, I started talking like really naughty things to him, which created more of a conflict where he's trying to like put his cage on without being turned on, but he should be turned on because Zempra's stuck to him. So he should definitely be turned on, but just can't get his cock in the cage when it's turned on. And so that conflict within himself is part of my deliciousness that again, it's all consensual, is the deliciousness, deliciousness for me of the conflict right so i love the conflict within the mind fuck within my my subbies and um as you know <laughs> a master of uh human psychology and how the human brain works you can you can tell i'm actually quite good at it <laughs> <laughs> which is great because my subbies love it they are it works for them it's part of their arousal response it's part of the game it's part of their um, need to try to serve me and and you know again they see the glee and the joy in their conflict and um then it excites them because now i'm excited because i've you know created this conflict within them and it turns me on and so as you can see there's all and that's only like in the first you know five minutes i i'm hanging out with him all day today He's in for quite the day. <laughs> but I wanted to share with you this other side of, you know, you hear me talking a lot about the glee and the joy and the torture and the things that I do with my submissives and, and how it really turns me on. But I really want to talk about, well, it turns them on. And without their arousal, I wouldn't be turned on by it. Because if I'm turned on by this and they aren't giving me consent, then we start dropping into the realm of predator. Uh, we start dropping into the role of an abuser. And we start dropping into this role of being really a crappy human being. And so that's why I only, my sadist only gets to play with the masochists who give me consent to do so. So I'm gonna circle back around with you with the statement that said, if you laugh at other people's discomfort, there probably is a part of you that's sadist, which society says that version of sadism is okay as long as you keep it at a minimum of only watching people hurt themselves versus being the one that actually wants to hurt them. It's like society says, okay, if you, you can laugh at 
from a distance, other people injuring themselves and find glee, that's an acceptable level of sadism as a society. But if you start to want to be the one that hurts them, then you're running into the realm of unacceptable sadism. And now we need to worry about you as part of, you know, an active part of society. And here's the thing. Maybe we shouldn't look at it that way. Maybe we should start looking at what if we could allow ourselves to accept, like truly just accept that part of ourselves that are sadists and give permission to the parts of us that are masochists that that do crave and desire, whether that's attention, whether that's awareness, whether that's servitude, like there's a lot of things as far as masochists go of craving <laughs> um, that they have. So what if we change the narrative to like, as a society, what would that look like? I don't know. I don't know what it would look like because we don't live in that society. But what if I, I like, the, I always love to leave with the question of what if, what if we looked at it in a different way? That, hey, that kid who ran into a pole, should, shouldn't we, like, shouldn't the part of us be like, hey, buddy, are you okay? Is there anything I can do for you? Shouldn't that be the first thing that comes like our first reaction? It would be our first reaction if we were actually allowed to acknowledge that we kind of have a sadist part of us that kind of see like enjoys people's discomfort. If we were allowed to admit that and still could be a good human, seen as a good human, and we allowed ourselves to admit that we're kind of, it could be a masochist where we're the person who likes to actually walk into the pole and be laughed at. <laughs> because there's plenty of masochists in your cross place and you can see it in life choices that they make. What if we just embrace that and created a safe space for it to be consensual and talked about and more safe spaces where kink was acceptable and you know that power exchange was acceptable and you know, I can my consensual sadist can recognize recognize your sexual your consensual sexual sadist and and my consensual masochist can you know recognize your consensual masochist because here's the other thing about masochists um and aka subbies <laughs> often when there's not that piece of self-awareness and society hasn't given us permission to really acknowledge that hey that's part of who i am that's part of my sexual makeup that's part of my my personality that's part of my makeup usually lands us in some pretty dysfunctional relationships. So often, here's what we will see. This is what I've seen over the years working with couples and clients in the realm of human sexuality and helping people with the relationships before I spent more time in the dungeon like these days. <laughs> Back when my job was less hitting people. But, you know, again, I wasn't as happy as I am now. <laughs> so, <laughs> but... Needless to say, I still also was really good at that, that phase of my job as well, my career. So what I would see all the time is uh, people that tended to be more submissive and were masochists would end up without acknowledging and knowing what it was, they'd end up in very abusive relationships with very toxic, abusive people. And sexual sadists and often who are often doms what they didn't acknowledge that part of themselves, they would become uber control freaks and somewhat bullies and potentially abusive to other people. And they would basically then find a masochist 
to that put up with the the abusive behavior. And so now you have this toxic relationship where one person is abusive and the other person is taking it. But the truth is, is that if they both were allowed to take the time to acknowledge what aspects of who they really were and the kink component of it, and then dropped into some like conversations about negotiation and consent, their relationship would no longer be abusive. They both would get their actual needs met versus being in this toxic, horrible, uh, abusive relationship on both for both parties. So kind of starts with, we're taught that it's okay to laugh at people walking into poles. So just food for thought. If you're like, you know what guy, you've crossed the line. <laughs> He's gone too far. I'm not a sadist, even though I love laughing at people falling on their face, falling downstairs or tripping or stubbing their toe or whatever else happens. I'm not a sadist. Okay, that's okay. Doesn't mean that, you know, doesn't mean that you have to go to the dungeon. Doesn't mean you have to, you know, pick up a whip or any of those things. Um, I just, I'm just saying sadism is the act of enjoyment of other people's discomfort. That is the Nate, that is what sadism is. Whether society gives you a free pass or not is irrelevant. It's still part of you and it's okay. All right, so if this conversation sparks a bunch of things inside you and you may be triggered and you may even be angry at me right now, that's okay. I lovingly invite you to kind of sit with it. And if you wanna dive deeper and explore this on a deeper level, reach out to me at gaiamorissette.com and we can set up a time to have a conversation and see how, you know, whatever this triggered inside you, we can clear it, release it and come to a place of self-acceptance because that's what my role in this world is, is, is to live my true essence, my true self and inspire others to be true to who they really are. Okay. Mwah. All right. I think my subby's all done his chores. <laughs> it's time to go torture him now. Consensually, of course. <laughs> Until next time, uh, you know, if you want to reach out to me, go visit all things kink related. Please go visit me at empressgaia.com. I also, if you're thinking of becoming, becoming a dom, I have all sorts of training programs. Definitely you want to do some training. And if you're like, you know what, maybe I am the guy who likes to walk into the pool and be laughed at, or the person that, you know, likes to be the center of attention and have a little bit of laughter at me. Well, that's okay. Why don't you come hang out with me? We'll embrace it in a good consensual way. All right. Till next time, stay kinky and stay curious. Bye. Hmm. Well, I hope today's episode inspired you encouraged you and of course made you feel tingly inside <laughs> i just want to take a moment to tell you how much i appreciate the time that you spend and how i really deeply appreciate you listening i do it for you guys the audience and i love and adore you guys so quick loving reminder i am not available for naked pictures getting married having sex or having anybody's babies 
And when you want to spend more time with me in a professional capacity as your coach, your teacher, your educator, your facilitator, um, you can reach me at GaiaMorissette.com. That's the gateway to all things Gaia. I also lovingly invite you to follow me on Instagram, which the handle is My Orgasmic Life Podcast, where you can leave feedback and comments. Also come join me on Facebook at My Orgasmic Life Podcast Facebook group. And I really want to hear from you. I want to know how this show affected you. Did you what did you learn? Was it inspirational? Did you agree? Do you disagree? Um, you know, I want I want to know because I'm a little bit of a voyeur. So I want to know what how am I affecting you? <laughs> so please, please, please come leave some comments. Now, if you're like but I don't want everybody to know what I'm thinking, which is okay. Sometimes we need privacy and we need to be anonymous. So you would like that option? We have that. Okay, listeners, until next time, may your life be filled with sexy exploration and orgasmic pleasure. Bye-bye.